And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And I'm here with my lovely wife, Catrice. And this week she will be continuing the program from last week, all about are you a fan or a follower of Jesus Christ? Amen. Go ahead, Catrice. Amen. Amen. Uh, So we're going to do a little bit of a recap for those of you who are just joining us and you were not here for the beginning of this fans or follower segment. Uh, We're just going to do a little bit of review. And so this session is mainly about a testimony of mine when I was younger. I grew up in a family that believed in Christ. I was labeled as a believer. I was labeled as a Christian. I thought nothing of it until I got to a certain age where I began to search for myself. I went into a classroom. We were asked to write a paper about what we believed in and why we believed. This opened up an entire section of my life which caused me to begin to search for what did I believe in. I discovered that what I had believed in, I just took on what my parents took on. But I had not made a decision for myself. I had not searched for myself. I had not proclaimed Jesus as Lord for myself. The life that I was living was simply like putting on a t-shirt that said Christian, but there was nothing beyond that t-shirt. There was no substance beyond the words on the t-shirt. So I was wearing the label Christian, but I had not pursued being a Christian for myself. I had gone to church. I had sang the songs I could tell you stories that were in the Bible, but there was nothing under the surface. It was all just surface level things that I did because this is what we were supposed to do. I called myself being obedient. Well, as I began to unravel what it meant to be a Christian, I had discovered that the dis- there was a decision that was pending There were questions that needed to be answered, and it wasn't questions for anyone else. This was me searching myself as I'm inviting you to search yourself today. Anyone who's out there who has gone through a process because someone else told them to or they never really got the full knowledge of what it meant to believe in the Lord or to be a Christian or anything like that, you want to search yourself, and we don't want to just not have knowledge into what is it that we're doing, what is it that we're proclaiming, because Jesus left a legacy, and there's a work to be done on this earth. So basically, I was asked a question by a friend, are you a fan, are you a follower? And that began a deeper search. And so the definition of a fan was an enthusiast, a devotee, as a sport or a performing art, usually as a spectator. An ardent admirer or enthusiast as of a celebrity or a pursuit. And so then I looked up spectator. And the definition of a spectator is as a person who watches as at a show, a game or an event. And so then I began to think, what is the opposite of a spectator? Because a spectator is not performing the event, the main show. A spectator is outside of the action that is being performed. And so if you're outside of the action that's being performed, then the opposite of a spectator, which in this case is a noun, you are a participant. And in my case, it is 
defined was I a fan or was I a follower or at least begin to open up some doors to help me define was I a fan or a follower. And as I begin to dive in to was I a fan or a follower, was I a spectator or was I a participant, the person doing the action or the person viewing the action, there seemed to be a very distinct difference between the two. And so last week we had talked about Luke chapter 9 verse 23. And uh, this is Jesus speaking, and I want you all to know that tonight we are following scripture from the version of the Amplified Classic. Again, I'm going to say the Amplified Classic. So right now we're going to Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and this is Jesus speaking. And he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself, and his own interests, refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and in need be in dying also. So that's very clear. And so that led me to when it said in living That led me to John chapter 15 verses 1 to 8 when he was talking about living because then that made me think of abiding in Christ. And so this particular chapter says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I gave you, the teachings I have discussed with you. So we are discovering the difference between a fan and a follower. And when we're a follower, we're in Christ, we're laying down our lives, we're denying ourselves, and we're following Christ. We're following what he believes in and Christ is a living example. And so he wants us to take on and be living examples and be cleansed by his word and abide in him. And so we go on to the next section. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow you to go into John 15 and you can continue to read this, but I'm just going to go ahead for the sake of time. I'm going to paraphrase because after all, I am reviewing what was discussed during the first segment of uh, fan or follower. And so in John 15, it continues to say, dwell in me, abide in me. Jesus tells us that he's the vine. He continues to say, live in me. And so all of these things are telling us and pointing towards that this is not a one daily thing. When we're abiding, when we're living, when we're dwelling, this is a lifestyle. This is something that is done on a daily basis. We die to ourselves daily. We dwell, we live, and we abide in Christ daily. And so the issue here for me was that I was labeled as a Christian, but when reading and gaining understanding, there was nothing under the label. There was no depth that lined up with the Bible, with the calling for which I was called to. How many of you are out there and you're thinking, yes, I'm labeled as a Christian, but am I living the life and the inheritance to which Jesus Christ has called me to? 
there seems to be a disconnect. Well, for me, I can admit it. There was a disconnect. Sure, I have the label, but what was really under the surface? And so we're going to dive into that a little bit more. And so I want to start off with an example. And the example is a lot of times we'll have food and the food will have a label and there's there's different kinds of food, right? And so when you begin to eat the food, you go by the label and what the label says. And so if the label says the food is African food or the food is Mexican food or the food is just Italian food, you go by that label. Or if it says this is a healthy dinner or a healthy meal, you trust the label and you want it to be 100% what it says that it is. But when you go in some cases and you read the ingredients, the ingredients doesn't line up with the name, with the label, with the packaging that's around it. And that's what I felt like I was. I was something that had a label, but what was under the surface didn't line up. And another interesting fact is when we are wanting to be followers of Christ and not fans, there's a list of instructions that we we need to follow. And so everything has instructions to make sure that it comes out right, whether you're cooking, whether you're putting something together um, to build something Everything has instructions so that you are insured. If you follow these instructions, it will come out right. So how many of us have been labeled Christians, but we're not really following any kind of instructions? We haven't read the Bible, which would be the manual to the instructions that the Holy Spirit inspired words that were left behind for us to follow. How many of us are doing that and expecting the perfect outcome, but we're not following the instructions or reading part of the instructions? If I were to cook rice and I didn't put in the right amount of water, well, then that rice can either come out really soggy if I put in too much water or it can come out hard and it doesn't come out the way it was intended right? It's supposed to be a delicious meal. And of course, we all have preferences, but we want our meals, the rice to come out perfectly. And so what that what happens is if you don't follow the instructions, it changes the outcome and we have a different outcome than what was intended by the person who created the meal, right? And so instead of having rice, which is what the label says, now we're having soup because we chose to follow our own instructions of what we thought was right, what a man would think was right instead of following what is on the box. Well, the same thing applies to Jesus and deciding to follow him. We have to follow his instructions. We read instructions because the one that created what you are putting together gave you a instruction manual to follow for a successful outcome. When following instructions, we never want instructions from another source. It can cause the item that's being built not to have a solid foundation. We must always go back to the source of the creator who created the item. So in our case, we are going back to the source, our creator. God created us. So in searching for God creating us, he has left us an instruction manual. And that instruction manual is the Bible. So when we follow instructions, 
to some degree, we we have to say in order to follow these instructions, then I am saying to myself, I do not have the instructions already. And so I have to submit to the instructions that are being given to me. I have to say, I don't have the answers, but the answers are here by the person who created this item. So in my case, I say to myself, I don't have the instructions to everything in life, but God who created me has the instructions because he created me. He knows how I work and how I'm meant to function. How many people have been walking around and you're wondering, how was I meant to function? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing here? A lot of times when you buy a car or you buy a bicycle, you want to know how fast can that bicycle work if I keep it oiled, if I keep the tires inflated, if I keep everything the way it's supposed to, how well is it supposed to work? Well, a lot of us are walking around and thinking, what are the instructions for my maintenance? How am I supposed to work? How far can I go if I'm working correctly? Well, if you look at the Bible, you will begin to follow those instructions. And as a follower, these are some of the things that you could be missing out on if you're just wearing the label as a Christian. If you're a spectator, and you're not a participant, then you're watching, but you're not doing the action. If you got the meal to dine on, but you're not following the instructions, it's not going to turn out right. So if you're living life right now and your life is not going the way you had thought it should go, take some time to read the instruction manual. I I guarantee the instruction manual to your life will be eye-opening and your life will be changed just like my life was changed. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at Proverbs chapter three, five to six. And it says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. So that's just like when I was previously talking about the example of cooking the rice. I'm trusting that the instructions that are given me are correct so that I will have the correct outcome. And I'm not deciding on my own what the ingredients should be to add to the rice. Too much water or too little water, but I'm following the instructions because I want to have a good outcome. If I don't follow the instructions, then I won't have the outcome that was intended. And so In Proverbs chapter 3, 5 to 6, I just read verse 5. So now I'm going to read verse 6. And verse 6 says, In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. And him is referring to God. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. So God can direct you if you're obedient to follow his instructions. When we're not obedient, we're not following his instructions and we're following our own instructions. How many of us are following our own instructions but still expecting to go the right way? When we allow God to direct our footsteps and direct our paths and we don't lean on our own understanding, then the direction and the destiny in which he put in our heart is going to come to pass. It's going to manifest when he tells us, go left, go right. When we decide to listen to him and to follow his instructions. Amen. That's what we're all wanting to do.
one thing that this brings up to mind is if I'm a spectator, then I'm interested in only viewing the action that's going on. But when you're our participant, you get to follow Jesus Christ. And when we follow the Lord, we have an intimate relationship. We get to earnestly seek him and he gets to direct us in all our ways when we're not depending on ourselves anymore. When we decide to follow Jesus Christ, we relinquish our own paths and our own decisions. And we say, yes, I'm making you Lord of my life. I have chosen to follow you. I'm going to not lean on my own understanding, but I'm going to acknowledge you, Jesus, in all my ways. And I am know that you will direct my path, which is essentially Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6. So another example that came to mind as I was thinking about this is if you have a cell phone, a lot of times we depend on our cell phones to do all kinds of things. You know, some of us have more advanced cell phones than others, but eventually we have to plug that cell phone back into the source, back into the energy back into the power socket, it has to be plugged in. If we don't plug the cell phone back in, then the energy in the power in the phone begins to run low. The phone doesn't operate correctly. And you don't know if you can depend on that phone because the outcome of things won't be the way it was intended. So if you don't plug back into the source, your outcome is not going to be the way God intended it to be. Just like with the phone, the phone was designed to be plugged back into the source, at least cell phones, plugged back into the power source so they can charge back up to the level that's functional and acceptable for that phone to work. And so God has a plan for us, for our lives, and he has a level at which he has created us to work. It's not like he didn't create us to work this way. We were meant to be so much more than what we are. And so I'm just thinking if you're sitting there and you know in your heart you're meant to be so much more, this is something that can help you. If you are thinking you have dreams of doing this and dreams of doing that, well, God put that in your heart. You were meant to be so much more. And if you follow his plans and instructions and you diligently seek him, you will find him because that's what the word says. And God's promises are yes and amen. Amen. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue. And so I wanted to go back to Proverbs chapter three, only that entire chapter, I wanted to encourage you and to invite you all to read Proverbs chapter three. It is filled with so many of God's promises. I'm just going to read a few and you will see the intentions of God's heart when he created us, the plans that he has for us you'll see what he's created us. So it says, my son, forget not my law or my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of a life worth living and tranquility inward and outward and continuing through old age till death, these shall they add to you. So God is talking about adding to your life. He's not talking about you living a regular life as is, but he wants to add to you to increase. Verse number three, let not mercy and kindness, shutting out all hatred and selfishness and truth, shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy or falsehood forsake you. 
bind them about your neck, write them upon the tablet of your heart. So shall you find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight or, or judgment of God and man. And then it's the Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6, which I had read, which is lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own understanding or insight. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plan your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Revertently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. It shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrow and moistening to your bones. Did anyone hear what I just heard? He said it will be health to our sinews and moistening to my bones. How many of us out there are just looking for health, right? We're all looking for the plans that God has. Well, take some time, read Proverbs 3. That'll give you some insight as into when you decide to follow Jesus Christ, he has a plan. It's kind of like if you get a job that has insurance, they have a plan to do certain things for you. Only those are worldly plans, but God has plans that are forever. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. His word is forever. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. His promises are yes and amen. And so I encourage you to read some more in Proverbs chapter 3. It will simply be a delight in your heart. I know it's been a delight in mine. And we're just going to go to having obedience. So we decided to follow the Lord. We understand why we need to follow the Lord. We understand the outcome of what it means to follow the Lord. And we're also looking at the plans that God has for us when we decide to follow the Lord. And so all of this lines up to being obedient. We can read his word. We can look at it. We can be a fan and observe it from a distance. But all of that doesn't mean that the word is going to take effect. And so in James chapter 1, verses 21 to 24, I'm going to go ahead and just quickly read this. So I'm hoping that we'll have time to pray. So get rid of all uncleanliness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word, which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. God's word contains the power to save your souls. How many of us out there want our souls to be saved for such a time as this, for what is going on all around this world it makes you contemplate, where am I going? What is happening? God's word has the power to save your soul. So I encourage you to meditate on this. And what we're going to do is we're just going to continue to follow up on this on the next broadcast. But I just want to just pray into this right now. God, I just thank you that your people hear your word, God, that they have eyes to see and that they have ears to hear right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, God, that they have the mind of Christ, Lord, that every day that they meditate on your word, that they speak it aloud, Lord, because you have given us life and death in the power of the tongue. Lord, I just thank you that your people hearken unto your word, God, that they are sayers and doers of the word, Lord, that they learn to abide in 
you, Lord. They learn what it means to dwell in you, Lord, that they make you their refuge, their shelter. They live in you, God. You are the God in whom they trust. I thank you, God, that Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6 comes alive in their lives, Lord, that they begin to trust in the Lord with all their heart and lean not on their own understanding, acknowledging you in all their ways, God, and you and you alone will direct their paths, Lord. As they seek you, they will find you if they seek you with all their heart. God, I just thank you, God, for blessing your people, God. I thank you, God, for directing their paths, Lord. God, they will have visions and signs and wonders and dreams, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, God. Touch their heart, Lord. Set their feet on your solid rock, Lord. Help them to understand and to know the plans that you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How important it is if someone is giving us instructions about God, uh, giving us details about the truth of God, we really need to look at the instructions for ourselves. Amen. We need to go into the Word of God and check to see if what we heard from the man or woman of God is lining up with the truth. I could have someone come to me and tell me how to operate a, a piece of electronic equipment, but uh, maybe, maybe they only know one or two steps. But if I would only spend my time myself in that, uh, those instructions, I would get the full features and realize what this device does for me. So today we just encourage you that you fully surround yourself with the Word of God. Let it be a part of you. Amen. Jesus is the Word of God, and we just thank you, Lord, today. We thank you, Lord, that we will find out the truth in your Word, and we will become that truth. We will live your truth and because, Lord, you are setting us free by us knowing the truth and not knowing distortions or falsities or lies. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Catrice. And uh, prayer requests, you can send those to us through the email at touchofgodradio at gmail.com. And you're welcome to call us at country code 1-407-705-3151. And until next week, You have a blessed week. Amen.